Good morning. On this bowl of Question Crunch, we learn about the shipping industry with my good friend Skio. He will guide us through this somewhat invisible but very important realm of the economy. <laughs> But yeah, uh, be, just be careful about tapping the table. Uh, I also have to worry because uh, my favorite cup is metal. And every time I put it down, I'm just like, all right, got got to be the softest. There we go. Um, let me, yeah, let me put this cup over on the side of my neoprene mouse pad. Ah, <laughs> oh, mouse pad. Shit, that's a good idea. Yes, that'll be my cup, uh, my cup placing. Uh, oh, you want know mouse yeah. pads are awesome coasters. Because, I mean, they're made of neoprene, the same thing that scuba dive suits are made of. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I would actually like to put this on the whole podcast, just talking about mouse pads being coasters. I think that's fucking fantastic. Um, um, now yeah, before we can we talk start... about an infinite mouse thing. Sorry, I'll let you go. No, no, no. I, well, because, like, I was going to say, the uh, before we started recording, um, we were talking about the docks because you are into shipping. Um, and I was saying that I don't think I've ever seen any good guys meet at the docks. That's not a, that's, um, and you know, when I started thinking about that, I realized I was thinking about like my job and I thought, do good guys meet at the warehouse? I think, I think good guys have met at warehouses. I think that's a thing. No, it's it's the same situation. No, good guys have, good guys have met at warehouses. The same meeting. Yeah. The good guys meeting the bad guys. And it's like it's it's over, Brutus. You're surrounded. <laughs> I feel like every every good guy meeting I'm thinking about of good guys meeting at the warehouse is them being like anti-heroes, talking about their plot. Like I don't think good guys meet. I think good guys all have headquarters because they're all like out in the open. They all have the funding to do it. Yeah, I mean, where warehouse is perfect for setting up big box space but i think you were you were mentioning that uh you can usually when you're watching a movie picture you know where the meeting is taking place at the docks right if it if it's in the la docks i'll i know where it is um Vic, uh lilith and i were watching uh, uh the falcon and the winter soldier and it that was filmed over in georgia and i'm not familiar with their docks so <laughs> I, I could immediately say, well, that's not L.A. Uh, what, what are the key indicators that you look for? Uh, it's just it's just landmarks I'm familiar with uh, down down there. Well, um, they can CG that out, right? Eh, usually. I mean, just like uh, I know, I forgot which horror director uh, I was I was listening to commentary on where he's he's like uh, from from Brooklyn and he's like I know every like crack and crevice in New York so I can tell when they edit in stuff from outside New York into a, like a film set in New York. I'm like that's exactly. crazy. But you feel the same way about docs, uh, or at least the L.A. docs. At least the L.A. docs, I could I can, <laughs> I can immediately tell like I know the L.A. docs because it's. Yeah, it, you can't use Google Maps if you're a truck driver. It will not take you to the right location. You have to know <laughs> where you're going. So, you know docs. Uh, we can we can clarify why you know them. Uh, how would you describe your job? Well, I 
what I do is um, it's not too focused on the docks because that's just one part of it. I arrange the transportation of ocean containers just in and out of the docks up to various warehouse distribution centers in the greater Los Angeles area. So what title, what title do you have? Cause I was like even thinking about that question and I was like, I don't, I don't know what title to use. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, Drayman. So, uh, Drage is a term used for just the transportation of commerce from any waterway. So it's always, uh, slang used in the trucking industry for saying dredge. And also, uh, another term used is intermodal containers, which is, uh, the ocean containers you see are intermodal because you can use multiple modes of transportation from ship to truck to train. Um, and that's uh, it's because because of those boxes you see is why we have so much uh, globalism today in international trade. Woo, go what, globalism. Yeah, it wasn't for those boring shaped boxes. We wouldn't have that. So all the, uh, what, nationalists, uh, they consider, uh, what was the title, Dredgeman? Dre, yeah, Drayman. Uh, do, yeah. They blame, do they blame you for globalism? Because I feel like you would be a good p- p- person to point at. Of course not, because any t- time you have people like that, they always point at the wrong thing. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> They're, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like... Uh, the increase of the ease of uh, trade. It's like, no, it's the damn foreigners taking our jobs. Yeah. It's like, no, uh, yeah. that's that's not why it is. I got, Automation I got... is is taking more jobs than immigrants are. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Fucking robots. Um, no, I uh, I, I remember someone got in an argument with me on what was it? Twitter? I think it was Twitter. It was either Twitter or Instagram. But they were saying like, uh, um. The, the whole taking the jobs, they're like, oh, yeah, I have immigrants taking a the job. They're like, nope, no one can take your job. That's not a thing. And he's like, uh, no, on the application, I saw on the application, it said, uh, what languages do you speak? And I was like, all right, well, get smarter. Learn more languages. Be, yeah. <laughs> be bilingual. That's not, no one's taking your job for that. You can fix that. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's less about taking jobs and more of our society is evolving I mean, you just you just look at the past hundred years, and you, you can trace a graph chart on it going from you know a steeper and steeper curve on more and more complexity. You have to be more and more cross-trained and adaptable, and people aren't comfortable with that. They'd rather learn how to do one thing and do it for thirty years. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that anymore. You can't collect. You can't do something for thirty years and collect a pension at the end of your of your retirement. <laughs> I, like, I, like the, I, I have people who uh, work at job places, uh, job places. <laughs> I think we um, all work at job places. <laughs> nope. I don't work at a job place. I work at a job. No. <laughs> um, but no, they, they work at a place where uh, a lot of people try to hire. They try to apply in person and they're like, well, you can go on a website and apply. It's like, but no, I want to show you my can do attitude. It's like, nope, just go home. And show me that you can go on the website and apply there. <laughs> I I tell you that a lot of uh, owner operate the drivers I work with are independent contractors. Um, so the model the model I use because I'm I'm a very small company. I don't have the capital to raise for you know six figure trucks because that's how much they cost. 
uh, because in order for uh, clean air regulations down near the port, very, very strict, you have to have a 2014 or newer truck and you have to prove it's new. You have to prove that the engine is new. It's a lot of hoops to jump through in California, which um, I'm proficient in being able to, to identify and do that. So I use owner owner operators. They own their own trucks. They have their uh, motor carrier authority. They're registered with the Federal Motor Carrier Administration. And um, a lot of them don't do that. There's there's other businesses that'll that'll do that. There's Spanish speaking as well that'll help truck drivers basically set up their own independent business with just them as a driver. And so I work I work with them, and they prefer to uh, work with uh, what I what I've worked with that model is I'm a freight broker. So I don't actually have any assets. I'm brokering freight, but um, in terms of the actual operations, it's essentially the same as if we had our own private fleet, which is what customers want because they don't want to play telephone with a broker who then might have to call another broker who then calls a trucking company who then has to talk to the dispatcher who then has to talk to the driver to find out where the fuck the freight is <laughs> and when it'll get there. And so a lot of, a lot of um, importers, retailers, uh, you'll see a lot of clauses that say no subbrokering, which we don't we don't do. So as as soon as I explain, my partner's always worried that it's like, well tell them that you know we have our tr own trucks. So I'm like, no, it's just 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 be upfront with them, explain it to them. And they actually really like that model because California and uh Teamsters Union, which I'm neutral on on unions. I I'm not in favor or disfavor. I, a lot of other people in my position that I meet at uh, trade shows and um, trade organizations. They're, they're old white men chomping on cigars that are just like, oh, fucking damn unions. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am like the only person I know that's uh, in the position I'm in that's neutral on unions because I've, I mean, I've, I've gone to, I've gone to insider, you know, like events and i've also gone to um uh labor rallies with where bernie sanders shows up <laughs> so <laughs> so i know i know both i know both sides of the argument but um the reason i do that is to uh future proof us from having to label truck drivers as uh employees uh because it's pretty impossible to run a uh trucking company uh, without being at a certain size, because you will need uh, full-time people to run HR. You'll need full-time people to handle uh, regulations, uh, inspections of the trucks, and you can't do that when you know you just have two business partners in an office. <laughs> I, I I feel like I'm learning why I had a why I was so confused about what your title is, because I think you mentioned like a few titles in that explanation right there. It is. It is a lot of. It is a lot of titles. I, I have. I, I could. I could say like I've gotten to where I'm at with hard work, but that's not it as well. It's also luck. You know, I'm lucky enough to have been born into a well-off family that already owns their own trucking company. Lucky enough to be third generation, get you know free job in this with free, free training. 
with it. Uh, lucky enough to uh, have met my business partner through my father, been his boss. Uh, unlucky and unlucky at the same time to be laid off by that company. And then lucky enough for him to say, let's start our own company. And I'm like, hell yeah. And uh, then unlucky to not make any money that I wouldn't recommend anybody. You have to have a lot of grit to go for a year and a half starting a business with no income. And it's not just you. It's also, you know, your older partner who's in his late 40s, who has a family that's relying on him and he's like losing his shit. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a lot of, that was a lot of uh, pressure and stress to go through. But once you're through that, it's, it gets a lot easier. I still work long hours, um, which I don't mind. Cause you know, we have a flow going now with, um, you know, drivers and uh, clients. So the freight's moving. Well, it's not a straight moving. Uh, clients and partners are one thing, but starting your own business where you're in transportation and shipping, fuck, you know, like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong for a lot of people. That would be yes. <laughs> and thank, thankfully, I'm lucky enough to you know have the have the smarts to be able to I I can you know read regulation laws without falling asleep, know exactly where to file stuff and whatnot. I like bureaucracy and red tape are like, it's as easy as breathing for me. So I can do that. Also, I'm also wear the IT hat where I, I like select and implement, you know, our, we have very specific um, uh, software applications we use to keep track of all this shit. And so, and I know that you're also uh, on on your free time. I guess you would call it free time. Uh, you're also a DM, so that totally makes sense why uh, why you would take such a why you would volunteer to be a DM if you can look at all the books and you can look at the regulations and not fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could, I I have fun reading reading all that and um, a lot of honestly, I don't uh, as a dungeon master. I don't spend oh, right. a lot you know, of time I, in prep. I totally yeah. forgot. I should let people know what DM stands for if, they, if they're not familiar. Dungeon master. Dungeon. Yeah. It's it's Dungeons and Dragons, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as a dungeon master, I um, it's I mostly play for me. Honestly, sometimes I do get burnt out, and I'll let my players know, like, hey, I need a I need the Saturday off because. Like I don't, I don't want to half half-ass a game where I'm like entertaining people. But uh, it's it's something it's something I'd love to do. I'd love to just uh, have it's it's a great escapism to have with friends and um, just play pretend. And uh, through Dungeons Dragons, I've I've learned I loved improv because, like I said, I don't prep much. I've always just um, run a module which for anyone who doesn't know what that is it's basically a uh adventure that a publisher has made a book of that you as a dungeon master you can just kind of follow you have uh prompts and story points and whatnot you could go off and flesh out so i pretty much just review the the 
book a little bit and then improv the rest. And my players can't tell the difference. Yeah, they can't. They can't tell. They, they actually. Some of them have fun guessing whether uh, a character I portray is in the book or a character I made up, and they can't. They can't tell the difference. That's pretty fun. Um, I think I, I I ran into a coworker recently, a new coworker, and he, he was talking about D and D, and uh, he's like, right, "Do you play?" I'm like, I, "I know I look like the kind of guy that plays D and D." Um, but I'm, I'm not a gamer. I just, I, I can't get into gaming. And, uh, I told him, I was like, when I look at character sheets, I, I've, pl- I've had friends invite me and I remember it was at a party and they handed me a character sheet. He's like, all right, fill this out and we'll start playing. I was like, fuck this. This is homework. I don't want to play this game. I don't want to play a game. And I, I told that to, I told <laughs> that to my coworker and he was like, uh, I think, what was it? He said version five something was more streamlined fifth, fifth edition is the current iteration of dungeons okay. and dragons and it is it is a lot more streamlined uh it's it's been around i think for i'd have to google it but i i know it's been longer it's been around longer than fourth edition and it's one of the most popular editions that's been published because because it's so it's taken a lot of uh positive things from previous iterations and taking out negative things from previous iterations and it's become a brilliant magnum opus of uh the current um management team at wizards of the coast that publish it so he's been there fifth edition has been here for a while then right like a few years you'd say right so but but he he spoke like it was new he was like ah don't worry fifth edition's got you well, I mean, it's in terms of it's it's new because Dungeons and Dragons have been around since 1974. So, yeah, like past 10 years, you could say is new. It's just the way he said it. It's just the way maybe he thinks I'm old shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I didn't even think about that. That He's like, oh, don't worry. Fifth edition's here, Grandpa. I don't know. Well, you you got that uh, Vietnam vet look going with for you. <laughs> You're right. Lieutenant, yeah, okay. L- <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Well, because like at work, at work, I always wear a hat because we got fans blowing and the hair gets in the way. So it it, it helps the Vietnam vet look because my hair is just flaring out of the hat. <laughs> at least I got the opportunity to look up when the fifth edition came out so i can mention that once we start recording okay all right i started recording i don't think your video's on um um let me check There we go. Okay. Cool. All right, I'll go on mute. It's funny seeing my Skype freak out while you're doing shit. Like your your little icon was just flying all across my phone. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you're using your phone for all this madness. Yeah, yeah. It works. It gets the job done. <clears throat> But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, I think the guy actually, I, you, I 
Mm. I'm a little upset now that he might think that I'm older than him. I I don't want to think that he thinks I'm older than him, but it's probably it's probably what happened. Uh, I was able to look up on my phone. It's uh, fifth edition came out in 2014, so it's been out for seven years now. Ah, oh, damn it! Because 2014 doesn't seem that far away. Maybe I am old shit. <laughs> yeah, the old the older we get, the more I feel like oh that wasn't that long ago. No, oh, that was ten years ago. Oh fuck. <laughs> That was a uh, that was that was prior to the Trump presidency. That was before Trump. <laughs> before Trump. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna be those people like naming obscure presidents like in our old age. Like oh, I remember Trump. Fuck Trump. And people are like, who the fuck is Trump? No, I feel like I feel like most people are. I feel like uh, that whole chapter in history books. Everyone's gonna know to say fuck Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's gonna be like uh, ki- kids are gonna be in their history books and they're gonna spend a whole week on 2020 just on the history of 2020. So everyone will just know, like, whenever you say, whenever old people say "fuck Trump," they'll say it from you know personal experience. But all the kids are gonna be like, "Man, that was a stupid week. Fuck Trump. I hate I that report." I think it started in 2015, 2016. Tell kids, well, it all started with this gorilla named Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that's how it started. I'm not going to say it's Harambe. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to go with David Bowie died and the whole universe decided to say, fuck this shit. Uh, yeah, David Bowie was holding it together. I mean, it reminds me, David Bowie was an uh, antagonist in uh, Venture Brothers. Yes, he was. He hold, was. Y- yeah, he was holding together the uh, Guild of Calamitous Intent. So. He, he was a sovereign. Maybe that I mean, there's some truth to that. <laughs> I believe it. Um, but yeah, you're in shipping. Uh, how important is it to make sure our shipping industry is maintained properly? Oh, you wouldn't believe how many uh, businesses are interconnected with uh, shipping. Uh, quite a few years ago with the last um, uh, strikes by the uh, longshoremen. The longshoremen are the guys that uh, actually work inside the ports, on the cranes, uh, on the docks. Uh, they do ev- everything, um, and they were operate. They were running without a uh, agreement with the West Coast uh, Terminal Association, which is the uh, employer, uh, the terminal employer version of the International Longshoremen warehouse workers union uh and they were operating without agreement for a few years so strikes were legal uh it got out of hand i think obama uh said like you guys better come to an agreement quickly or i'm going to come down there no actually our economy is heavily reliant on having imported goods moving moving through because otherwise we don't have imported goods moving through we don't have you know uh stores that are importing that stuff and selling it uh they're not making money people with those wages aren't making money then they're not spending money and then we have a economic nosedive so our economy is is based off of uh credit and spending so when that stops then we go into a recession I think it's interesting because a lot of the not reactions, uh, consequences of some kind of hiccup in the system 
it's not it's not seen by the customers instantly. It, it takes a while for it to get there, and then when it does, you're like, oh right, that thing happened. Because like uh what uh that that ship in the canal the canal that <laughs> blocked everything and blocked all I was to it. That was fucking hilarious because like some some uh you know Jap I think I think they're based out of Japan Evergreen. Uh, yeah, they're stuck, and I'm like, ah, that's funny. Ship shipping's become a meme. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I was so giddy about that. Um, <laughs> and people ask people ask me about that. I'm like, that's the Suez Canal. That has like nothing to do with us, but it's it's oh. a ma- major. Yeah, the Suez Canal is goes uh, by Egypt, and it uh, it connects the Indian Ocean with the Mediterranean. So instead of a ship having to go around the Horn of Africa, they can cut through there, and it shaves off months of uh, sea travel. Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I didn't really look too much into it because why would I? And what can I do to fix this situation? <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. It was just funny. <laughs> it has nothing to do with us. Like it, no. it might affect. Uh, it it would probably affect Australia because uh, freight would move through the Suez Canal to get to Australia. But Got other than that, it. other than that, no. I've, American freight wouldn't go through the Suez Canal. It would go, uh, a lot of American freight goes through the Panama uh, Canal. Uh, because even, even though we have, uh, we have ports, like say on the East Coast, uh, we'd still have, uh, Stuff being shipped from Poland through Italy, uh, through the Panama Canal, and then over here on the LA side, uh, because actually almost 50% of all imports go through the Port of LA and Long Beach complexes, and because like we I've... have we have the infrastructure uh, to handle all that, with uh, the the city of LA and Long Beach have invested in the infrastructure for the handling the big ships uh we also have all the freeway systems all the warehouses uh nowhere in the u.s has as much infrastructure invested in transportation as we do here in southern california nice um i i feel like such an alcoholic because every time you say port i think of alcohol <laughs> no, oh yeah that's that's definitely not an alcoholic thing to say <laughs> <laughs> Because well, like I, I think of alcohol, and I also think of uh, when I worked at, uh, I, I, you know, I think I can talk about. Yeah, I worked at the submarines at Disneyland, and they would they would use nautical terms. They would say, you know, uh, port and uh, starboard. And so whenever I think of port, I think of first alcohol, second to the left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel uh, so. You said that you were feeling giddy when you saw the, the ship that was stuck. Now I, I'm a bit of a nerd with uh, uh, my my girlfriend always finds it funny when I nerd out over transportation stuff. So it was just funny that you know something that most people don't think of every day in you know meme culture showed up in meme culture, and I was just I, I was I was tickled by it. Okay, I was worried that you were tickled because you were not going to be affected whatsoever, but other people in your job were. <laughs> no, it's more of like, oh boy, other people find this relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's thinking about freights. 
<laughs> I, yeah, because, you know, of course, it's like the many things that, uh, you know, works quietly in the background. Of course, you're never going to think about it, like in your car until you're like, what kind of part is that? That's not working anymore. I've never heard of that. That's same, same with transportation. <laughs> I mean, even your, your, your title, I, you just told me your title not too long ago, but I still forgot it. I still completely like, I, I'm going to have to read it because I'm a visual learner. So I'm going to have to actually see the title before I can actually remember it. I, I just, uh, when I'm, <clears throat> when I'm filling out, uh, like in contracts and, and whatnot, I, it does ask for my title and I just put owner on there. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That's the simplest thing. Is I'm I'm one of the owners of the company. Um, I'm I'm gonna assume that your title is hoop jumper because you did say you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to <laughs> hoop jumper. Yeah, I I wear a lot of. At, at, actually, uh, my current partner used to be my uh, previous boss, and we also started an operation from scratch. Yeah. Uh, be- before the owners kind of. Uh, budgeted it up and then decided to lay us off to make more money. But that's another story. But yeah, I actually had a, a joke hat rack with all these like different labels on it. Like I had a series of hats on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to, have you seen the IT crowd? I fucking love IT crowd. I've it watched just, that it, multiple times. It reminds me of when Moss was uh, changing his glasses, depending on the story that was being told. You're just like uh, someone comes into your office and is like, hey, I got a question about this. They're like, all right, tell me what kind of question because I need to know what kind of hat I'm going to wear. All right, this one. Let's do this. I've actually done that and I've, I've had <laughs> my, my employees roll their eyes at me. Fantastic. <laughs> um, what is the strangest obstacle you've had at work? The strangest obstacle? Um, that's hard to pinpoint down because it doesn't have to be strange it could be a strange obstacle or multiple strange obstacles um that's 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 a hard that's a hard one to to think of because i feel like i face obstacles every day and because there's so many not one pops out but i guess like the uh i guess the strange i guess the strangest would be um but it's, it's not too strange for this. Other people would find it strange is when there's so many trucks down at the port and you have to make an appointment that you scheduled uh, within a two hour window. Otherwise, um, you know, they'll reject the truck. You have to turn around and incur support costs. But the weird thing is when there's so many trucks down there, the, uh, the police department called Harbor Patrol will block off traffic and then they have to turn around and then get back in line. So I guess that's a strange thing is, is when there's so many darn trucks down there that they can't even get to where they need to go. I was hoping and for something really, that. I was hoping for something really bizarre. Like I was thinking like, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> a parade of, no, I don't want to say clowns. Just that's where my mind is just because of the clown charity, but like a parade of clowns blocking <laughs> traffic, something silly. But uh, no, your strange is pretty good. That's that's pretty good strange. I definitely it, wouldn't be thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, not. I don't deal with anything like funny or fantastical. Like it's boring. Like I'm I'm sure most of your 
viewers and listeners are going to skip over this episode with me drawing on about, you know, trucking and ships. <laughs> no, no, they shouldn't skip over this episode just because uh, it is important. We all need we all need shipping. That's that's that's. <laughs> Even if you don't think about it, because you said that uh, it's in the shadows, it's in the background. You don't think about it. Uh, you don't think about it until a meme shows up with a ship stuck in a canal. Um, but no, our lives heavily de- depend on them. Like everything from food, uh, uh, maintaining transportation is needed for food, for uh, clothing, for pretty much our, our gasoline. So no, they should skip it. It's important. <laughs> Yeah, well, for any of your listeners, um, in the f- fall every year, there's uh, har- there's uh, Trucker Appreciation Week. So uh, anybody listening, if you know a trucker, thank them because they keep they keep the America running. All right, see now that's strange. That's a strange obstacle. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Trucker Week. Yeah, the American Trucker Association, which is like a lobbyist group for uh, the trucking industry. I was just talking to Angie about how uh, important, because like uh, Angie, I guess, is in the transportation business at work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you are too, Jimmy. Uh, uh, barely. I fill up boxes. That's, I'm, I'm, that's I'm, still I'm, part, you're part, still of, part of the chain. You fill the up the broken chain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cool. That's how important shipping is, I guess, because all three of us are in it. <laughs> California, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You do, You think Southern California? You don't think like ah supply chains. <laughs> I think it. I, I think whenever when it, I I think I made this joke about. I think I made this joke with you before that if you are in, in if you go to a party in Inland Empire. Odds are I'm going to be able to find some warehouse workers or ex-warehouse yeah. workers. We're going to talk about warehouse. <laughs> and I told you, you can even see it on a satellite view. Like, you know where the Inland Empire starts because all this warehousing infrastructure pops up. Like, if you climb, <laughs> if you climb up to Ontario Peak or Rancho Cucamonga Peak, you could, you could point out different cities. So, like, oh, yeah, that's Fontana. That's Ontario. <laughs> where all the warehouses are. <laughs> I like it that there's, you know, other places, their uh, wonder of the world uh, that can be seen from satellite is, uh, you know, some mag- uh, majestic feat of architecture wonder. Uh, ours is, you can look down at us and see where, uh, <laughs> you can see so, uh, Karl Marx's uh, worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Karl Marx's worst nightmare, the, con- the concrete jungle of the Inland Empire. <laughs> I think I saw a meme that said Carl, uh, that a new response of Karl Marx is like, oh, shit, I forgot that people be people. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, if you could pick a mythical beast, because we've mentioned that you're in DM, we mentioned that you play D&D. Yep. If you could pick a mythical beast to ship products, what would you pick? Oh, um, probably... Uh see ship products probably anything that could teleport because that would make things so much easier also right, well, thought what, be, what, what's a it would be great because i yeah no it'd be great to have superman just carry shipping containers on his back just at, <laughs> faster than the speeding bullet get from yeah, point I'm, a to point b 
I said mythical beast. Uh, Superman mythical is beast. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I know that can tell that can teleport would be a blink dog, but they're not uh, in D and D. But they're not big enough to move uh, shipping containers. But I mean, you, you could give them packages, and they could blink into the ethereal realm, and then blink back into uh, where they need to be. Is there any kind of magical shit that we could do to make it bigger? Would be make them bigger um yeah. yeah there's spells to make make them bigger like permanently so, yeah. to make sure that the uh, a blink dog can ship your packages oh man yeah you could give them like saddle like giant ass saddlebags with uh shipping containers and they they could just blink in and out that, that would make things go quick then then you wouldn't have like long lines and congestion at the terminals they, they would just pop up where they need to be and then pop out of existence and then pop pop up at the warehouse i need to be at now does the blink dog just so the blink dog does teleport there's no walking in the other uh existence in the other realm there there is walking in the other realm but it's uh very relative so you could travel you know great distances in the astral plane or the ethereal plane where it doesn't seem like a great distance there but it's a great distance in the material plane would you not worry about anyone stealing in that realm? Yeah, they, yeah, people could steal shit in that realm. <laughs> Probably the Githyanki, because they're a little bit like uh, pirates in the astral plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're either... Uh, Githyanki won't ignore you. You're either on their good side or on their bad side, uh, and they, they don't care what, what explanation you have, why, why you're there. They're just going to pirate still- the shit out of you. But you'd still think that the blink dog would be uh, the safest route. Um, yeah, because they're actually denizens of the ethereal plane, so they know how to get around. Okay, cool. Nah, you, got a a... you got a well-trained, you got a well-trained blink dog, a giant well-trained blink dog. At that, nobody's gonna mess with that. <laughs> Good to know, because I'm not, I'm not familiar with D and D, but I'm sure as hell going to Google this blink dog because I, I need to. And you get an image of what a blink dog looks like. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd probably use a more, instead of a mythical creature, uh, I'd use more of an animated magic system that can, like, open a portal in space and time. And it's a barcode system that could just switch to where it needs to go. So it goes through the barcode system. It'll change the destination. And now, don't... Don't cut this out, but can everyone else hear the music of the ice cream truck driving past my house? No. Okay, good. Because it's, it's bizarre music, and I, w- I was trying to even think of what the song is, but it's just really silly. And it's, it's, it sounds like Steel Drum Band, and I'm just like, no, but I know that song. That's not... <laughs> you are truly haunted by clown and clownish things. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure everyone else can't hear that because that was silly you do not you totally don't sound like an insane person it's like you hear that right it's like (laughs) it's like a horror film (laughs) does everyone else hear a steel drum band (laughs) it's like no do you see that clown no oh fuck (laughs) nah i swear a steel drum band is going by my house (laughs) sure jimmy (laughs) yeah i'm gonna look up a I, I need to look up uh, blink dogs. I want. Uh, do they just look like regular dogs, or do they have? Yeah, like, they look like they look like regular dogs. But do they, um, do they have that, different breeds? Uh, not that I know of. I'd I'd have 
to I, I'd imagine that there are different breeds, but in terms of artwork, they uh, look pretty consistent. No, I'm not sure what kind of breed they look like. Because like when I've when I've done uh when I've done drawing uh free sketches at like different conventions or different shows I've been to, um like uh people will come up and they're like oh can you draw my dog and I'm like sure what kind of, do you have a photo and they're like oh don't worry it's a uh, blah blah breed I'm like oh cool because I have all dog breeds memorized like they're the Pokemon like what's this dog breed no I'm not you gotta give me a photo please. <laughs> and I'm not going to waste my, I'm not going to waste my battery life uh, Googling your dog breed. It's not going to happen. I know. And there's going to be nerds out there who's going to say, hey, Skio's wrong because the ethereal plane is a mirror of the material plane. So they're traveling the same distance. No, that's not true. I'm talking about the deep ethereal where like distance doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I hope you know, I hope you did piss up. I hope that you did piss some fans off with that one. I really yeah, I did. I did. I know. I know there's fans out there like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like they'll have to travel the same distance in the ethereal plane. No, remember there's a deep ethereal, and you could travel to other planes of existence and distance a little, little more relative. Is there going to be anyone saying uh, incorrect and then chime oh, in on of that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Set, yeah. It, send. Send, send uh for forward their hate mail to me. I'll address it. <laughs> I I hope I get some hate mail. That'd be fun. That I would I would enjoy that thoroughly. They'll, they'll send, they won't send it to you. They'll send it to me, and I'll be like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Fifth edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can you can be my uh, junk junk mail filter for that. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that there'll be some people to uh, that will clarify what breed of dog a uh, blink dog looks like. So I'll be like, uh, no, sir, you can tell by the the ears on this blink dog that it's blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, the, well, how you could really tell a blink dog is a blink dog is when you pet it and you turn around, turn back, and it's just fucking gone, and then it's behind you now. That's when you know it's a blink dog. That's a lot of dogs. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that's true. That's a lot of dogs. So maybe we do have blink dogs. <laughs> <laughs> too many. I've been around too many dogs. At the moment you uh, you look away, they're in a completely different place. So I don't know. That sounds like more, that just sounds like more dog. That just sounds like regular dog nature. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the creators of D&D, like uh, Gary Gygax, is just like, we're going to have regular dogs. It's like, dogs don't do that. Yes, they do. <laughs> Like they do, and out we'll, of existence. We we will just add a magical explanation for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you happen to know if because uh, like when, whenever I think about blinking out of existence, I think of uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, do you know if there's any kind of smell when the dogs uh disappear or reappear? No, there there's not a there's not a smell. It's not like it's not like Nightcrawler. It's yeah. just it's just funny when you interact with them because you're petting them and then you're petting air. Um. So, I mean, they're like any dogs. They could be aggressive or friendly. For for listeners who don't know, Nightcrawler, when he disappeared, when he bamps, uh, it smells like sulfur. So, <laughs> that, yeah. I, I don't think I needed that clarification, but I think it would be really weird if, like, one person's listening. Like, what what did Nightcrawler have to do with smells? No, no. Blink dogs are uh, odor-free and hypoallergenic. I'm, I'm just making that up. <laughs> That'll be canon in my games. I'm going to accept it as canon. Yeah. Um, how has COVID impacted your job? 
I, I mentioned that in a lot of uh, episodes of podcast, uh, the podcast just because, you know, we're still in a pandemic. COVID is still impacting our lives. I know a lot of people are, you know, once they drop the mask mandates or, you know, people are walking around without masks. And I'm like, that's cool. Bravo on your confidence. I'm not so confident. So I'm going to keep my mask for a while. Um, so it's just going to be on my mind for years to come, probably. Um, how has COVID impacted your job as the uh, professional hoop jumper? Well, it's affected it as much as a car stopped on the train tracks. Uh, my business is the train and COVID <laughs> is the car. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we just kept on, We it really didn't affect us at all, uh, really, because um, we were already kind of working remotely, my business partner and I, and uh, uh, we work in we work in the same office, but we don't interact with anybody else. It's just our families and us. So we had like a co uh, household bubble between the two of us. Um, and I mean, I pay I pay I I dispatch and pay all the owner operators I work with, uh, you know, uh, electronically. So like I've I think there's some drivers I've never met in person yet. <laughs> It's a, which is kind of weird, but it has it hasn't at all really. Um, the ports uh, adapted pretty pretty well to COVID because they're a lot of the longshoremen jobs down there are more uh, interactive because there's uh, op, they also have office worker clerks and whatnot. Uh, so I know they had to socially distance and uh, cut down the amount of people that could work at a time and. You know, before we fully understood COVID that, you know, it's more airborne and doesn't affect surfaces that much. I know they expanded the amount of time between first and second shift uh, from one hour to two hours uh, to like clean and disinfect stuff. But for the most part, uh, business is booming because honestly, when we started getting actually getting business and making money, it was in the beginning of 2020. And then like we've just been getting more clients through pandemic so it's it is a little insane to tell people yeah i started business from scratch in uh, a pandemic and businesses <laughs> making really we're uh pretty busy you started the business from scratch during the pandemic yes so it's not that old no no we've only been around for uh i i formed the LLC in 2019. Uh, we didn't really, we were twiddling our thumbs and looking for business for a year. And then uh, our first large client started in January of 2020 and then picked up in, in March. And I remember when in March, when we were using uh, uh, paperless PODs, that's proof of deliveries uh, when the drivers drop off a container and uh, they they didn't want to touch drivers' phones anymore, and we had to switch back to old school paper proof of deliveries. <laughs> old school paper. <laughs> old school paper. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, is that, there is there any other device that you could use that is not phones? No, you'd be surprised how old school some transportation, like uh, warehouses, receiving warehouses, they're like. No, I need paper. And it's like, no, just put your email address on here and you'll get a copy of, you know, this paperless POD. 
and there was like a steep learning curve for some of these receivers and then that just went out the window with covid and i feel like the back. i feel like the next next answer would have been like uh okay cool uh, my my email is uh it's hotmail uh <laughs> 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 and then when it got into covid they're just like ha 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 Welcome back, bitches. We're now we're 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 doing it from paper. This is cool. Oh <laughs> I don't gosh. need an email at all. <laughs> yeah, so much uh, with how how much uh, it's called final mile delivery, which is you know the final des- destination that a product uh, gets to before it hits a consumer. Uh, it's all like paperless, but like up the supply chain, like where like what I deal with, like the artery where. It's like a container jam-packed full of just one TV model, and then it goes to a distribution center to go off to retailers. Uh, yeah, it's all paper. <laughs> <laughs> Where, warehouses just cannot get over uh, paper. Yeah, whenever I see a, a commercial that says, uh, um, we need to save the plant, we need to go green, so uh, make sure to save water, and I'm just like, man, you really got to go to the companies. The companies are the ones that are doing the most pollution, <laughs> the worst, the worst green. <laughs> Cause yeah, no, my warehouse, there's a lot of paper that I'm just throwing away and I'm like, Oh, I hope they're recycling this. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. not. Probably not. Cause there's too many people that don't care about that stuff and more shit. I remember I, I, I tried to get a truck driver to uh, vote for Bernie, and I remember she was like, no, he wants, to, he wants to get rid of trucks. He wants them to be more green, and I'm a truck driver, so that would hurt my company. And I'm just like, do you think that Bernie's just going to be able to snap his fingers and change the whole system immediately? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Funny enough, that did happen back in 2007 at yeah? the ports. Yeah. It, there was just and a I- snap and yeah yeah thanos snapped this or or uh you know some thanos type in uh <laughs> in government snapped their fingers and at at the ports of la long beach it's like all right no more of these old 20 year old trucks like we're gonna have new trucks improve the air quality down here and it it actually uh those decisions kind of sh- shaped uh drage trucking where it is today uh, including labor relations and um, why I have my business structured the way it is. So back back then, uh, after a lot of local residents uh, were complaining, they finally said, all right, that's it. Any truck driver going into the port has to have a 2007 or newer truck. So essentially brand new truck at the time. And they've been incrementally, like the most recent iteration is it, it has to be a 2014 or newer, unless it's grandfathered in. But yeah, uh, the truck drivers right down there were using like 20-year-old trucks, you know, trucks on their last last leg because they're moving locally. So it's not as big deal as if they break down locally because there's a lot of uh, you know roadside service as opposed to in the middle of nowhere on the side of highway. Uh, like I, re- I remember back then as a kid seeing like uh, the hoods of the trucks held together by coat hangers, and uh, yeah, they were they were it was it was bad smog down there. But um, yeah, the truck drivers they can't afford you know 
uh, $100,000 truck, $150,000 truck. So the trucking companies, which were using independent uh, contractor model at the time, said, hey, we have the credit. We'll buy all the trucks and lease them back to the truck drivers. And they also got the benefits of buying the trucks from the truck drivers and turning them in for state and federal subsidies. Uh, the problem is that you can kind of guess where you're uh, leasing something from your employer. <laughs> uh, it it got ugly pretty fast. So even a uh, a third party um, financial group did an evaluation and found that uh, most most of these truck drivers will default on their leases, you know, within the next several years, which of course happened. So it's, um, they put all this money into, you know, leasing to own the truck. Uh, they can't, they can't make the payments. Uh, it's different from being a truck driver versus being a small business owner. It's a very demanding. And a lot of these guys can't like cut it between, uh, you know, man, managing a very expensive uh, costs uh, versus versus work. So that pushed forward uh, the teams, Teamsters. More people were listening to the Teamsters, and uh, they were actually part of the. I'm sure you've heard of the Lyft and the Uber um, classification law. Yeah, uh, in California recently, uh, port trucking was a big part of that as well uh was in that and uh they were part of 85 that pat uh was another law and there was a carve out uh in a san diego federal court that said it didn't apply to truck drivers but still it's like hanging in the air which is why i decided to run as a brokerage operation to future proof because of course there's guys that have have business savvy to own and operate their own trucks um, and, you know, be able to proof, future proof that is they have their own authority, their separate entity. I'm a freight broker. I'm just brokering stuff out as opposed to other trucking companies that are still trying to lease trucks back to truck drivers. Like you, it's like you come work for me and you pay me to use my truck to move stuff around, but you'll make more money than what, you pay me. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was all these little accessorials that these trucking companies tagged on, like charging them uh, uh, storage space to park their truck in their own yard and little stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Republicans would bad. not. So, the, the, so that snap happened in 2007, you said, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I could see how Republicans don't want uh, Bernie Sanders or AOC to get that uh, to get that gauntlet. That would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but which um, I kind of I kind of want them to get the gauntlet. Yeah, I I do I do too. <laughs> I I think that uh I I don't I mean I don't want to sound like Thanos I don't want to say sound like Thanos but I feel like there needs to be some snaps happening. <laughs> I know. I to get to get around the uh, you know climate change. When I talk to people about um, you know uh, electric zero emission vehicles and stuff like that, I just tell them I'm I I 
do kind of like a turnabout, I just, I don't even talk about climate change. I just say, don't you want cleaner air? Because everyone in California knows, you know, during the summer with the high ozone and it can get hard to breathe and whatnot because of, you know, all the diesel particulates and gas particulates in the air, you know, getting getting hot and turning into ozone, which can burn your lungs. So it's those damn three oxygen atoms just are so volatile. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just tell them like, uh, yeah, don't you want like more breathable air? And they're like, well, nobody's going to say no to that. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, uh, what's her face? Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she said, yeah, we want cleaner air, but God will make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's at least that's, uh, that's <laughs> not the type of people that I'll talk your, to. Your, your your sigh said so much. <laughs> yep, those evangelicals that'll say, "Well, God will make everything good." It's like we just have to just, pray for just better. Just wave hair. your just wave your hand around. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we spoke about that with um, people that will do uh, you know ment- mental gymnastics to try to you know figure out how they believe in things no matter what evidence you provide to them like the uh the only people to listen to is you know somebody that they perceive as an authority figure that'll tell them something but anything else it's mental gymnastics to you know circumvent the proof right in front of their face and it's really bizarre that uh, you you can show people math and they'll be like, no, nope, that's just numbers. I'm like, yeah, that's what proof is. That's <laughs> that's best proof. <laughs> yeah, like some yeah, that's that's like lazy gymnastics where it's not even like some like hopscotch conspiracy theory <laughs> where you're just like, huh? You're, they're just being lazy. Like, uh, math is math. Like, like you'll understand what that fucking even means. <laughs> Right. Like, I, I I feel the same way about like when people are talking about the vaccines, but they're saying like, oh, I don't know what's in the vaccine. I'm like, you know, I bet I can give you words in your soda that you're drinking right now. And you're not going to know what the fuck is inside the soda. <laughs> and it won't change their mind. They won't make that connection. <laughs> the, the, sci- the science is out there. You can find out what's in the vaccine. Problem is is that you you also need to learn <laughs> you 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 need higher education a lot of times to even understand what the things do but the information is out there for you to find oh yeah like any any uh anybody in public school they're like when will we need to use this stuff and it's like now now you see why we need to know this stuff biology and, <laughs> and science i always tell people take this I always tell people that uh, if you can't tell me why Australia is cold in June, you can't have a conversation with me about science. I don't want we. <laughs> if you don't know that, if you don't know that simple fact, we can't talk about <laughs> or or uh, what's a nucleus. If you tell me what a nucleus is, then maybe we can talk about the vaccines. <laughs> Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 that's not gonna happen. Most people who say, oh, oh I don't know what's in the vaccines, like cool. I hate. I hate that fucking meme too. I've, you've seen it, right? Where it's like, uh, what are taxes and how do I pay them? It's like it's public school. Mitochondria is ha- powerhouses of the cell. It's like, no. The thing with our tax system is it changes every fucking year. 
you know, if you want to, you if you really want to be on top of it, it's it's not going to be some fucking high school class you're going to take, and then you're going to know how to do taxes. They change the forms every year or every couple of years, and that's why our tax system is so complicated. And a lot of legislation is implemented through our tax system, where instead of paying money directly, they're like, you can do it by filing taxes and applying for this credit. And they make it so fucking complicated that we have to have a whole industry around it. I mean, Intuit that makes uh, TurboTax, they lobby to make taxes more complex. I, I, but I, I mean, I love it whenever uh, I get that email saying, because uh, I go, I go via website and they send me the email that's been approved and I'm just like, oh, thank God. Because I'm pretty confident that I'm just like throwing shit out there and I feel like I don't make enough money for anyone to be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot of those legislation is, um, and it, it's, it's complex enough that like you have to, you have to pay for service to do it or like it's not going to matter unless you make like x x amount but like uh with all like itemized deductions for most people most incomes it's uh simpler to just do a standard deduction uh <laughs> it, it's it's higher than an itemized if you make a super ton of uh ton of money then yeah you could do itemized deductions because you could write off uh every everything like um yeah, I, I, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I like have... it that I like it. This conversation got super exciting. It went from shipping to taxes. Like that was a that was a hell of a turn. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm with a group of friends. I got um, everyone was was drunk on Zoom, and I was able to get a popular vote to watch an econo- a 20 minute economics video that they but i said i was explain i was explaining um the difference between uh income inequality and wealth inequality and then i i like some fucking teacher like all right let's roll the tv into the classroom and watch this and all the drunk course, people all the drunk people are like yeah fuck yeah let's hear it yes yes they were and uh they i don't think they remembered uh half of of course not. <laughs> I but I thought it was so funny that I I guess I had enough charisma to uh get a popular vote for yeah. economics video. I'm like, yeah. yeah, education. You you were you rolled a one, but you had plus a million charisma that just got <laughs> <laughs> Am I am I yeah. doing it right? Is that is that am I D and D right? I, I roll I th- it's more of I rolled because uh, I I don't think I have that high of stats um i uh I have, no you, i have to you, attribute you got a drunk zoom to agree to watch a video about taxes and you don't I, think you have that high of stats i attribute more things in my life to luck than my own statistics okay <laughs> yeah. i'll accept that yeah so i yeah most people are like i i i built this off the sweat of my own brow and i'm like no because statistics can show that uh, luck has a disproportionate amount of effect on an outcome, and that's Amen. another podcast on, on <laughs> probability. We'll, t- we'll just talk. Oh, probability, man! Your the conversation just keeps getting exciting, more exciting from <laughs> from shipping to taxes to probability. <laughs> yes, yeah. I I think I told you before we uh, scheduled this. I said we could talk. 
we could talk about a million things because uh, I am I'm not defined by any one thing. Just have a million I, hats. I, I I am proficient in so many things. A million uh, hats. Yeah. Um. So earlier you uh earlier you did say that you wouldn't give you wouldn't suggest anyone to get into the business that you're in. However. If you were going to give advice to any aspiring, uh, whatever that term was, uh, freight broker or hoop jumper, or if someone's trying to be in the business that you're in, what would you tell them? Uh, I, w- I would tell them that um, before, before you uh, get started in this, uh, make sure that you have uh, enough capital I had a third business partner that was able to float money for us for the uh, first year and a half. Uh, you want to you want to have the determination to follow through. Uh, there was times where I was working uh, 20 hours a day, and that doesn't even include the commute. That's like sitting at my desk uh, working, uh, just just because it's just going to be you for a while before you can hire your own employees. Um, and I, I still uh, am actually looking for a uh, proficient dispatcher. And I have a personal goal at the end of this year to be able to take a week off by the end of this year. Because I haven't had a day off besides a holiday or a weekend in the last uh, three or four years. Uh, another another thing you want to um, do is you, you need to be confident in your own uh, capabilities. Don't expect to rely on other people uh, for what you need to do. Um, like myself, I'm proficient in a wide amount of things, and oftentimes I'm the one uh, implementing those things. The other thing too is uh, I know most people are not 100% uh, uh, self-driven. I know I'm not. I actually, uh, will admit that I rely on my partner to push me to keep going a lot and we push we push each other. So it, it could be a little contradictory where you say don't rely on anybody else, but you also want someone there that is uh, dependent on you and will also push you because they're relying on they're relying on you as well. <laughs>